everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin! I don't know how much longer I can damn her slack when she just sits there. I feel like me and you have done everything on these past few episodes. And by everything, if it means you do the research and I just show up and drink, yes. But, I mean, C- Caitlin does show up and drink. She so she does that, but she talk. doesn't talk and part of any successful podcast Mm -hmm. is everyone talking right and everyone making noise and adding to the conversation and i don't know how caitlin has got it in her head that she can just show up Mm -hmm. and even with her sitting here right now she's not going to answer me she's not contributing anything i would love to hear one of her voices you know how much i love them and it's my birthday yeah still yeah or it was my birthday. It was your birthday a couple weeks ago, but it's still your birthday now as we record this. Correct. And I don't know, a little tiny stalker would be good. Is Mrs. Duty. Mrs. Duty's a good one. The Tortinos of West Virginia, the way you guys riff on hey, each other. I can't riff with Caitlin anymore. Ah, right? Fuck. She should have had something to say. The gays have broken up. Uh, they're on hiatus. That, well, I mean, we don't have a lead singer right now. <laughs> Which some might argue is the most important <laughs> part of a band. Yeah, especially a band with no musicians, where it's all just uh, I voice. I play the mouth flute. Yeah, I mean, I play the mouth bass, but mm-hmm. there's no, like, I don't know. Yeah. I made it's that hand har- motion. harder to sell in a jazz club. Significantly harder. Yeah, we're harder. really just coming with a mouth bass and a mouth flute. Yeah. So... So are you into that, or no? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll wait till we get Caitlin back. Two and then we'll have the some. Gays. Then we'll have some mouth singing mm-hmm. to complement everything else, and the gays can it really hit the ties road it again. All together. It really does. Yeah. Namaste. So yeah, fine. I guess it's just me and you this time again. Okay. We'll get her back at some point. All right, let's get through this. Yeah, Caitlin, if you just want to, I mean, sit there and eat your tacos. She brought tacos. That was mm-hmm. weird. Really yeah. weird. It's fine. All right. What are we talking about today? The Chillicothe Six, but not that Chillicothe. <laughs> not which Chillicothe? My Chillicothe? Your Chillicothe. Chillicothe, Illinois? Your it is not. murder-free Chillicothe. Probably uh, not true. Probably not true, but very rarely do we have murders. Uh, I would be curious to see how Chillicothe, Ohio's beauty pageants run. I wonder if they even have them. I mean, ours. What, what with all the murders, right? What an irresponsible endeavor to embark upon, while there are so many murders happening in your area. I mean, this murder, we think murder, uh, wiped out an entire beauty pageant contestant pool. Pool. Yeah, yeah. Because there were seven when I was in a beauty pageant, and I just want to remind everybody that it was very. How do I say this? The pool was very saturated with talent, and that is why I did not place. Right, right. Yeah. And they're thinning out the talent in Chillicothe, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At least they were between May 2014 and May 2015. 
What what's their population? Did it say? Let's look it up. It's a small town. I know that. Because my Chillicothe, Illinois, was like 6,000 It is 21,000 wow. as of 2016. So 21,019 now. Exactly. In one year. I mean, six people in one year, 21,000 yeah, still a, isn't that many. In a town that small, though, that many missing women is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, that is a whole lot. And yeah, these women, six women went missing between that one year stretch of time. They found four of the bodies so far and two are still missing. The families believe all the murders are linked and it seems like the police kind of do, but are also on the fence Mm -hmm. about whether they're all linked. And this case, if you have a television was recently the subject of the investigation discovery series, The Vanishing Women, mm-hmm. which we've both watched, right? You've- yeah, I watched it a while ago. I, I should have, if I wasn't out celebrating my birthday, I should have went back and rewatched it. Uh, I love the ID channel. I watch a ton of their documentaries. This one was interesting, but as I feel like with most documentaries... I would rather have less episodes and more meat in them. Yeah. They could have condensed this down. A little bit. A little bit. It. I watched it last night and this morning. Mm-hmm. It was six episodes? It's six episodes. And I watched it because I had went through and kind of researched this from what was available online. And it seemed like there wasn't a ton of information about these women or their disappearances so i watched the documentary there is still not a lot of information about these women or their disappearances and they kind of dedicate an episode to each woman or like to one or two women per episode and they really stretch it out like it's a lot of because it's all she didn't she didn't do drugs in high school and it's like i don't give a fuck like tell me who murdered her damn it there's not a lot of evidence and so it is it's a lot of speculation and even their pool of suspects isn't to me i didn't feel like it was that strong yeah yeah it's a weird case and Mm -hmm. there's not it's i mean we'll talk about my feelings on it Mm -hmm. at the end but it's recent and it's still open so it is interesting yeah and there's a lot of different ways it could go Mm -hmm. like it could be this it could be that and every explanation seems pretty plausible you know what i noticed was not on their suspect list no owls? No owls. Not a single fucking owl. And so after the precedent ready set to discount them. By the staircase. Right. I would go owl first. I would too. And then husband or boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh family, relatives, things like that. Like yeah. in the hierarchy of suspects, owls are way up there now. Owl rage being one and then greed, yeah. jealousy, sex, money. Money. Yeah. Right, right. Because that owl rage, look what it did to Kathleen Peterson. Yeah. We got to get Aphrodite Jones no. back on. <laughs> no. I know I know you told her no, but I wanna, I'm want i going to message her. I can her. if you want. She wants to come on. So Aphrodite Jones reached out <laughs> and wants to come back on because the staircase, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but is back on Netflix. And was like, can you believe people think uh, an owl murdered Kathleen, LOL. And I was like, Adam, I don't want to upset you. <laughs> But Aphrodite wants to come back, and <laughs> I can reach out to her. It's I, you just said it would probably upset me. 
Ask her if she it would, would probably upset me the most, to be honest. Ask her if she would do an episode that we somehow broadcast live and let the people listening vote. Oh, she she probably would. That owl is going to be convicted on that podcast. Yeah, I, was gonna, I I don't know what she's doing right now, but she's... She's denying the facts right now. I don't know that her podcast is still around. I don't think she's doing it anymore. Yeah, I don't think it lasted very long. So she's got a little bit of free time on her hands. Let's live stream an episode of Pretty Scary where I debate Aphrodite Jones. What's, like a good time for that? Like weekends, weeknights? When do you guys do a lot of your live streaming? Um, I, we can do it whenever. Typically weeknights, like six or seven Because she's three hours time. ahead. Yeah. Well, no, she's in Chicago, right? So she's two hours I ahead. I thought she was East Coast. Yeah. Either way, two or three hours. I actually think I have her phone number, her cell phone, and my phone. We should prank call Aphrodite. Do it. Now? Or c- just call her and see if we can arrange an owl debate. I should te- I'll text her. Okay. Should I text her now and see yeah. if she answers during the podcast? See if she answers during the podcast. Should I send her a picture of a penis, too? Because I, I have a video. I dated this guy. Yeah, send her a dick pic. Absolutely. And he used to jack off and send me videos of it. Do you have a owl dick that no, you could send her? I don't. Come on. Come on, Adam. I don't know. I don't know what owls are like on the texts. And then we could prank call Josh Mankiewicz if you want. We should absolutely do that because he never followed me back on Twitter. I had to unfollow him the other day. <laughs> no. Well, I was going through the, the ranks. You know he would probably come on. Okay. He lives in Beverly Hills. He's not far. Well, let's get him on. Yeah, I think he would. So while you're texting Aphrodite about the owl, the Chillicothe Six, there are, as the name implies, there's six victims. They all lived in the small town of Chillicothe, Ohio, which is very tiny. And it seems like they're all related. Like all of the murders seem to be related. Let's run through some of the victims. Tamika Lynch. She was 30 when she disappeared in May of 2014. And this is the first disappearance that reporters in the area were ever made aware of. Uh, there is a, there's a disappearance that happened before this, but at that point they weren't like, thinking serial killer or these things are related so uh, this is the first one that she's not the first one to go missing but this is the first one that catches the attention of local media and she went missing in may 2014 three weeks later her body was found on a sandbar in paint creek everyone knows paint creek right out there in uh ohio chillicothe 20 miles south of chillicothe obviously And she was nude, and the autopsy determined she died from an overdose of cocaine, alcohol, and amphetamines. Her family insisted Lynch hated water and wouldn't have been in the creek purposefully. She was last seen on Bridge Street behind a Donato's Pizza. And this was an area known for being a hotbed of prostitution and drugs at the time. Actually... Is there a dinger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The prostitution and drug stinger. Well, yeah, that's it. That's the air horn. Yeah, obviously. For that. Or those are both good. Uh, oh, okay. Subjective. <laughs> Let's agree to disagree. And uh, there's a lot of talk about these women all being kind of tied together, like they all know each other. And on the episode of the Investigation Discovery Show where they talk about 
Tamika Lynch. He mentions this area. She was last seen on Bridge Street behind a Donato's Pizza. And he talks about that area and is like, this is an area that is was known for a lot of drug use, a lot of prostitution. And he drives past a steak and shake, which shout out to Delicious. us. Yeah. Steak and shake's fucking <laughs> amazing. Us, yeah. yeah. And consumers the, yes. of the restaurant chain. There's one of the other cases we'll talk about takes place mostly at the Chilla Coffee Inn which was a like motel where a lot of prostitution happens. And when he's talking about that story, he also drives by the same Steak and Shake. So I kind of think Tamika Lynch and the Chillicothe Inn, like where Tamika Lynch was last seen and the Chillicothe Inn are probably all in the same area, it seems like. They talk about Second Street a lot on this documentary. Okay. As if that was the bad part of Chillicothe, Ohio. If anyone is from Chillicothe, Ohio, or are familiar with it, um, it would be great to get some feedback. So tweet at us. Yeah, let us know how close that Steak and Shake is in case we're ever at the Chillicothe Inn. Great place to do a podcast. We could do, we could do the Last Scene podcast. Yes! Do we, have we ever talked about that on here? I think we did briefly so we want to do a podcast where we go to places where people were last seen and uh i agree i would be down to go to the chillicothe inn yeah very distasteful i'm curious too if it's <laughs> totally distasteful <laughs> i'm curious if it's close to uh to columbus ohio because i think the captain from true crime garage would join us oh maybe chillicothe ohio yeah i don't know how far it is from columbus which, or did I say Columbia? No, no, you said Columbus. Okay. Chet Wilde has been on a rampage against Columbus lately. He but, just... Then I do want to go there. <laughs> we should. Uh, Out of spite. She was supposed to be there to meet a dude who was going to pay her for sex. And that's kind of the last anyone saw or heard from her. She was going to meet this dude behind a Donato's pizza and disappeared. And the thing, I'm going to mention her drug use, but don't be put off like, oh, what does her drug use have to do with it? That's kind of the one thing, one or two things that combine or that tie all of these women together, that bond them all. Like the common thread running through every one of these cases is opioid addiction and prostitution, right? which isn't unusual, but... The way the deaths are happening here is unusual because normally if it's a serial killer just killing prostitutes, they kind of have a means by which they kill women and they do it in a really specific way. But this doesn't seem like that. This just seems like a bunch of murders. Well, yeah, and it does talk about – so West Virginia, as we've discussed before, is the opioid opioid capital, I believe, of the U.S., and it's very close. I had to do a stint for work in West Virginia, and you would cross a bridge, and then you would be in Ohio. It's crazy. And I think they talk um, in here at one point about – I can't remember who they interview, but they were almost 100% certain that this all ties into um, human trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Sex trafficking. Yeah. Which I think is totally plausible. Oh, yeah, for sure. And – So a little background on Tamika Lynch, which comes from the Investigation Discovery series about this, which is called The Vanishing Women, if I didn't mention that. 
She began using drugs after she was diagnosed with lupus. Mm -hmm. Up to that point, she was very anti-drug. But lupus, there's no cure for it, and it gives you these really painful rashes that pain pills do help. And she was prescribed pain pills at first and eventually was taking so many that she couldn't afford it anymore and switched to heroin. And from there, she went from heroin to prostituting to pay for her heroin. And that's how a lot of shit like this often happens. This We'll talk about it more, but this could just as easily just be a bunch of sad tales from the opioid epidemic. And one thing that's weird about her case, she her body was found in a body of water. That's another thing that ties all these women together. They were all found, for the most part, the ones who have been found were found near bodies of water. And the on the Investigation Discovery documentary, they talked to an editor from the Chillicothe Gazette. And what he points out is that her body was found in the water about a 30-minute drive from where you'd expect someone who just died of a drug overdose to be found. Like, if you die of a drug overdose, you're going to fucking... You die where you die. And this area she was found was not an area people would be using drugs. It certainly wasn't... It was 30 miles from this uh, pizza place she was last seen at. So that, at least to this editor, and I think I agree with him, implies someone who had something to hide because you're taking a big risk driving 30 miles with a dead body in your car right when you could just leave her there and be like well she overdosed on drugs that's that's what people on drugs do this and i'm leaving out they ruled her death a suicide i believe or did they just rule it rule it a drowning uh yeah, they they the autopsy determined that she died of an overdose, but she was found in a body of water. She was nude. Her family insisted she hated water and would not have been in that creek purposefully. And this editor from the Chillicothe Gazette points out that if she died there and just like fell in the water, where's her car? Like, how did she get there? Right. Because she's way, 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 way out of town. Like, not, I mean, not way, 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 but she's 30 miles out of town. 30 minutes. Yeah. Oh, was it 30 yeah, minutes 30 or 30 minutes. minutes? But still, I mean, okay, say it's a 20 yeah. mile, 15 so it's like miles. 25 it's still miles, relatively, 15, yeah. yeah so, like, how did she get there? And if someone else was involved, why did they go to those lengths to hide her body when all the signs point to an overdose? You could have left her in a park. Yeah, I do feel like as we get into this, the the six women, their causes of death, some were dumped, some were just left in Chillicothe. I mean, there's not a pattern, which I know you say there doesn't have to be right. with a serial killer. And I think uh, Zachary Johnston actually tweeted at me and was like, no, there's a lot of different yeah. modes and methods. And I think he brought up like... Ted Bundy and, you know, the... Uh, He's killed you know. a lot of women. He would know. Just joking. Shout out to Zach Johnson. <laughs> we appreciate all the love. We do appreciate the love. <laughs> um, and it just because I'm not good at arguing anything, which I think has been proven on your whatever podcast where we vote whatever things podcast. off. Whatever podcast. Whatever podcast where we vote <laughs> things off and I voted my own off. Uh, 
yeah, I I thought his points were valid, and I just I think I had one rebuttal, and then I was just like, let's just make out. Yeah, and Zach's great. You should make out with him next time he's here. Um, okay, <laughs> one of us has to. Zach or your son? Who's it gonna be? Um, yeah, the thing about patterns in serial killers, especially with this one, there aren't patterns like there's just, there's the bodies of water but if you're murdering right. someone in Chillicothe I'm assuming like the body of water is probably a good place to dump them and this one there's not that like consi- oh this dude like I, re- I read an article about the tube sock killer which I didn't even look into it that far but I just know he's called the tube sock killer because every one of his victims had a tube sock wrapped around her neck now that's serial killer shit this feels like these murders might be related but well, it's not necessarily a serial killer thing. The sock, you know, a lot of serial killers get a moniker because it's an area or a mode right. of, you know, serial killing. Um, but this one, really, the only link is that they knew each other and they kind of had, they did have the same lifestyle. Right. With the prostitution and the drugs. And that's why, again, I think it's very plausible that they could all be in with the sex trafficking, but then there are serial killers like the green river killer who went after prostitutes because he wanted to you know, take out his rage or his, you know, whatever was going on in his head out on women and whether fucking MRA you like puke. or you don't like prostitutes. You also realize that most people won't be looking for them, even if they have families because of right. their lifestyle, not, not, not like, but that normally works better in larger metropolitan areas. I would agree. I also wonder sometimes, too, if serial killers, one, typically I think narcissistic, but also being in a small town, if you just assume they probably have like a shoddy police force, oh, like yeah. a Mayberry police force where they, like you're just you're smarter than the cops and they're yeah. not going to figure it out, which they haven't. Yeah, they haven't figured it out. Yeah. And let's talk about Charlotte Trigo. She is technically the first woman to disappear in Chillicothe, Ohio during this time. She disappeared 13 days before Tamika Lynch, but police started investigating her disappearance as a possible serial killing once they found Lynch's body. And that happened because these two knew each other. Mm -hmm. They were both sometimes prostitutes who hung out on second street together in Chillicothe, Ohio she was last seen on May 3rd, but wasn't reported missing for a while after that because she often just disappeared without making contact. Right. She was a heroin addict. There aren't a lot of details about what happened to her because they haven't found her. Among these six women, she's one of the two that is still missing. Mm-hmm. They don't know what happened to Charlotte Trigo. And the last anyone knew, she said she was going on a date with a dude named Andrew And she completed that date and told her mom that Andrew was weird. And then she disappeared shortly thereafter. interesting because, like, if that's your job, if you're a prostitute, I mean, aren't most of your clientele on the peripheral? Like, I would have... No, I bet there's a spectrum. Like, I bet there's just dudes who are like, yeah, I mean, this is what I got. Like, all I can do is pay for sex, but I'm not... I don't want to be a dick about it. I'm not going to beat you up or anything. Right. Like, there's... Like... There's, I saw at least one true crime show where the woman was a prostitute and she had a boyfriend and she had gone to see this guy and she starts texting her boyfriend 
about how this dude's being really weird and he's just like locked himself in the bathroom and she's like, I think I'm going to leave. And then the dude just shot her dead. So there's even in a as weird of a workplace situation as being a prostitute is you're going to have good and bad customers. Right. How interesting if you could give a prostitute a Yelp review. That would be probably good. Or bad. I mean, it might be bad, but I think the way sex work is now, we need to be a little more lenient about it and not make it a black market thing, which I think leads to women getting murdered at higher rates than they should. Uh, than they should. You know, I only, I want a few <laughs> women murders a year, not as many. No, like these women should not be getting murdered and they should be able to work in safer conditions than they do. It's among the things we have slapped prohibition on in this country. Getting paid for sex is one of the craziest because it just leads to sex trafficking and all I this also awful feel stuff. like, I, not that I know a, a lot about how it works but i feel um like these ladies don't charge enough oh no especially not in a town like chilla coffee right like the market like the market is so limited but the opioid epidemic has changed that like like there was a lot of when the crack epidemic was happening you would find a lot of prostitution in areas where crack was changing lives and now the opioid epidemic is like the crack epidemic, but it's going to rural areas. So it's turning towns of 21,000 people that probably used to be a pretty chill place to live into what crack cities were in the 80s. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a different thing. It's crazy. I'd be interested if you've ever hired a prostitute which I heard that they're referred to as backdoor honeys. That <laughs> backdoor honeys <laughs> that uh, tweet at us. I would like to know your experience. I'd we like have prostitutes see- who tweet at us. Well, I think probably people who've hired prostitutes. Oh, oh yeah, I have yeah, a coworker yeah. who was the one who told me that they're called backdoor honeys, and he gets one, and I would never expect it, but I think it's wow. not as weird as maybe. I think it's more normalized than we think. Yeah, I've never hired a prostitute. I would say you should try it for the show. Well, they shut but... they shut all the sites down. Like Backpage was because it was Craigslist for a long time where people were finding prostitutes and then Craigslist shut their thing down and now just very recently Backpage got shut down. So I don't know where you would even go online to find a prostitute now. I mean, I'm sure there's places. There's got to be. Do they just go by like escort now? Yeah, I mean, I figure they pro- they they have to find like a workaround. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure the prostitution industry didn't just die with Backpage.com. Next time you're in Vegas, instead of seeing the Baggins Museum, you go out and you get yourself a prostitute, Adam. Well, couldn't I get one at the Baggins Museum? I don't know. I haven't been there. I don't know yeah, what kind of. Yeah, I guess I wasn't looking. I'll find run. out. I'll find out. And then you have to say goodbye when you leave the room or they will haunt <laughs> or you Or the forever. prostitute stays with you yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, Charlotte Trigo, she said she was going on a date with Andrew, said he was weird, and then she disappears after that. The police, according to this ID documentary, did eventually contact a convicted felon named Andrew Morrison who lived in the area. Uh, they 
contacted him in connection to the case, but they eventually ruled him out because he had no connections to the women and wasn't in the area when the disappearances started. Some people speculate that Tamika had information about what happened to Charlotte and was killed over that, which that, as we go through these, that feels like the thing to me. Like, I feel like there was one murder that kicked off all these other disappearances. And maybe a lot of these women had a lot of knowledge about that first murder, which would have been Charlotte Trigo or Tamika Lynch, Mm -hmm. because these two disappeared around the same time. So it could have been one of them knew what happened to the other and was killed over that. And then... Well, it is interesting because that was 2014 to 2015. So that's three to four years ago. And then it just stopped. It was six women in one year. And and then it just stopped. Like there's anything else. Which even makes it... We'll get to a conclusion at the end about this. Maybe they're just drug addicts and drug addicts die in weird ways. But why did it stop? Like, why did it stop after one year? And if it was a coincidence, what a crazy coincidence. Yeah. Again, I think all six of these women knew each other as far as like one degree of separation somehow. Right. So we know Charlotte Trigo knew Tamika Lynch, and she also knew a woman named Tiffany Sayre, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, who is another one of the missing women. But uh, Lynch's body was found the same month Trigo went missing, and Sayre's was discovered a year later in May 2015. And it's on the Charlotte Trigo episode of the Investigation Discovery series where Julie Oates, chairperson of the Ross County Coalition on Human Trafficking, says she believes the disappearances, and this is a quote, I know 100% in my heart that this is human trafficking. And when they say that, they're not so much talking about the Liam Neeson's daughter kidnapped at the Paris airport by Romanian sex traffickers. She's talking more about that thing where you know this woman is addicted to drugs and will do anything for those drugs. And they think it's more, when they say human trafficking, they're talking more that aspect of it, which is still a huge part of human trafficking. So who knows? It it could go either way. Yeah. But it is weird that the first two women who went missing definitely knew each other. They hung out with each other. And they suspect that one or the other knew something about why the other one went missing. And maybe that's why the other one was killed. But it's, again, if you do prostitution and or drugs, you're in a very specific group and not the largest town. I'm sure everybody has an idea of who everybody is. So I I do think they all knew each other in some regard, even if it was just they were aware of the other person. Yeah, and that makes sense. In a town that size, Mm -hmm. the prostitutes are going to know each other. Right. Even if they don't hang out or are friends, they definitely know who the other person is. Because that's their competition, to be honest, when you think about it. Yeah. And when you think about cases like the Green River Killer or anyone who was killing prostitutes, normally someone from that community can at least be like, oh, well, he was in this car or I've seen this guy and he was weird a bunch of times. There's not even much of that. Yeah. With this. There's almost none of that. Right. It's I feel like they had to find some sort of pool 
of guys that could possibly have committed some of these, but it doesn't really seem like they're, I mean, it's literally just throwing spaghetti at a wall for a suspect. Yeah. And what makes it even more confusing is there's cases like Shasta Himmelrich, who is also considered among the Chillicothe Six, but to me, she's the one who seems most likely to have actually just committed suicide. Yeah, hers was a very inter- I know you're about to read it, but hers was a very interesting story. Which, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I know you're about to read it, and it's all going to be explained, but it's just like what happened, you know, the situation around what happened, where they found her. I mean, it was all just right there. But it is interesting that she was still... I believe she in still that world went missing at this time and she was still she was a drug user. I don't know that she was a prostitute. I don't think that was I just feel like they go hand in hand so often. Yeah. Yeah, especially with opioids if you get desperate enough. But her car was found on December 26th, 2014. It was sitting on a bridge with the doors wide open, the gas tank empty and the car battery dead. And she was nowhere to be found until January 2nd, 2015, when her body turned up in the Seoto River. And she was the second of these six women to be found dead. At this point, there was one who was missing, which was Charlotte Trigo. And then there was Tamika Lynch, who had been found. And now Shasta Himmelrich was found dead. And the coroner ruled her death a suicide by drowning but her friends and family don't believe it. And the thing is, I kind of do believe it. She was last seen at her grandmother's house. She received a text message, said she was leaving and would be back. She never returned. She was briefly spotted on a convenience store surveillance camera after that. Now, I have this in the notes as a, well, why is this the case if, if that's the case? And I've like, since I made the notes, changed my mind. She was wearing a pink hoodie and gray sweatpants on the surveillance camera. She was wearing a green shirt and green pants when she was found. And a lot of her friends and family are like, well, why would she change clothes and then go? That's fair. Commit suicide. And it's fair. But there was also an unsent text message to her boyfriend apologizing for something. And she never sent it. And we know she was pregnant at this time by either by this boyfriend or it could have been by someone else. So it's conceivable to me that she went to this convenience store, went to visit her boyfriend after that. Maybe they had sex. Maybe they talked about her being pregnant and he didn't like it. And somewhere in the act of them having sex and her being at a place where she probably has more clothes, she just threw on different clothes. And then her and her boyfriend fight, and she heads out and commits suicide. Like, Do you think if she did commit suicide, it was like a rash decision? Because there are a lot of suicides where right. it's like they, they're in such despair. And she had been clean up to that point, and they found drugs in her system, but like not enough to kill her. Right. Like, so she had relapsed, and she was pregnant. But again, typically if you're like suicidal, like you're giving things away, and... Yeah, maybe there's a note. But sometimes it does happen, like, in the moment. And it could have been her going to visit her boyfriend and being like... Do you not think there's something weird about the car having no gas and a dead battery? Like, did she just leave it on and she got out and walked? 
or well, she left it on the bridge, and they think she jumped from that bridge because she was found in that same body of water and just left the car running. Yeah, just left it running, maybe so police would know to stop and investigate why that car was there. But it sounds like this is such a fucking dead ass town that no one drove past that yeah. spot until the car had run out of gas and the battery and had it's died. Crazy too that she would. Uh, suicide by drowning, I think, is pretty uncommon. I could be wrong. But if you're going to jump from a bridge, typically I think you would think that you're going to break your neck and die. Well, like one of her friends in the documentary brought up, why not just overdose on drugs? Right. Like if you were going to kill yourself, you already Why know. not go out with a bang? You just have yeah. a little bit of drugs in your system? Go out doing what you love. That's how drugs. I would go out. But she apparently jumped from a bridge into sh- very shallow water and then drowned. Yeah. Which, it's weird, but this is the one that does seem the most like... It could be a probably, suicide. And because she also had no signs of a struggle or anything on her body at the time. Right. Like there like was no nothing... Threw her over. Right. It seems like she just jumped. Pushed her over, yeah. But... I mean, she's still included in the list of the missing women because her family is just not sold on the idea that she killed herself. Her friends aren't. They argued that she was like she was happy about being pregnant and like had been trying to kick drugs. And according to the documentary, she had for like a year before that. Yeah. So this one I could see going either way. But. She did, again, know all of the other women who were killed. But is that because, you know, again, just because she was kind of in that world or because well, it was a small town? So she knew everybody? Charlotte and Tiffany. And we ha- I don't think we haven't talked about Tiffany Sayre yet, but she's an interesting story. But she knew Charlotte Trigo and she knew Tiffany Sayre and she had met Tamika Lynch previously. Mm-hmm. So she's at least in that world. But. I also wonder if people are making too much of the fact that a bunch of women who were prostitutes in a town where all the prostitution generally took place in one area knew each other. That's like finding it weird that coworkers know each other. Right. Which, of course, they do. Right. Or at least know of each other. But at the same time, if five people at... 7-Eleven went missing tomorrow and they all worked at the same 7-Eleven, you'd be like, what the fuck's happening at that 7-Eleven who's murdering people there? So it's still like it could go either way. And it's recent enough that, of course, it's going to get media attention. Right. So let's talk about Wanda Lemons. She is she went missing in 2014 and she was last seen by her mother on October 2nd of that year. She was seen by a friend on November 3rd, and that friend told police that Wanda said she may be going to Texas and riding with a truck driver. But November 3rd is also the last day she used her debit card to access money that she still had access to after November 3rd. Did she just anybody pull like the video footage to make sure it was her using the debit card and not somebody else? I don't well that her using it on November 3rd wouldn't be weird. The thing is, she stops using it after the last day one of her friends sees her. Her debit card also stops being used. It would be weirder if she like went missing, but her debit card was still being used. 
then you could track her. But it's like she went missing and her debit card stopped being used. So it's like, did I mean, she is just that die? also weird? Is she not? Because I mean, I'm not super close with my family, but her mother hadn't seen her in a month. I mean, I just don't know how close they are. And I think that's really weird that she may be going to Texas and riding with a truck driver. Like, what the fuck? What is that? Yeah, that's the thing. Her mother points out that this woman has five children and she would never willingly stay away from them that long. But there's also this friend who's like, yeah, she told me she was going to Texas with somebody. Right, which is a high-risk lifestyle. I mean, that's It's a high-risk lifestyle and it's probably going to put you away from your kids for a while. Yeah. So this is one – that's why this case is so crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like there are connections here, but I don't feel like all of these cases are connected because finding out she has five kids, like her not using her debit card after November 3rd could be her not wanting to leave a paper trail. Like she could have legitimately I don't fled and been like, I don't want to have five kids anymore. I just want people to think I'm dead. So if I stop using my debit card, they'll think I'm dead. I mean, I don't know her. I'm sure she seems lovely, but I don't know <laughs> how much thought you know if that were the case she would have put in to it i don't know that she would have maybe been that smart like but it's not especially when you're talking about people who engage in criminal activity don't use your debit card if you're going on the run is like that's criminality 101 like that's that's a basic you don't use your debit card you don't use your cell phone like you get a burner phone or something So to me, that could go either way. She could have been killed on November 3rd, and that's why her card was never used. But then why did the killer not use her card at all? Yeah. But also she could, like, it's easy to assume that a woman who has fallen into drugs and prostitution is dumb, but we don't know that. Like, she's, uh, we know she's a woman who's fallen on hard times, but... A lot of people who fall into crime and this kind of life are still smart, and a lot of them don't get caught because they're smart. And she could have been like, I've fucking had it. Women are getting murdered. I have five goddamn kids I don't want to take care of. I'm going to leave, and I'm not going to use my debit card as soon as I quit leaving. So, Because in that case, it's less – it's more just not leaving a paper trail. Like, if you use your debit card after you leave, people are going to know where you use it so and where you So how are. is she going to get money, just the cash from Maybe from the truck driver. Okay. And prostitution. Because when I say her debit card, what I'm talking about is her public assistance card. It's like right. the way food stamps work in this country now usually. Like, in my day, it was an actual book of food stamps that looked like money that you could go through the checkout line at Walgreens and buy a pack of now and laters for 10 cents and get 90 cents back and then send eight other people through the line to do that same thing. And then you could buy beer with all the change you collected. And you could also, a thing I used to do all the time was buy food stamps because they just, if you were on food stamps, they just gave you books of food stamps. And I worked with a dude at a telemarketing place who got food stamps and he would just come in on the first of the month and he would sell you food stamps for 50 cents on the dollar and food stamps. Also you'd pay no tax, right? So you could get $150 worth of grocery money for $75 and then not pay any taxes on that too. Street smart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, 
I I was gutted when they put an end to just the food stamp booklet system. Yeah. Because I would constantly buy food stamps from people and use them to buy my groceries. But then they changed it to the card system where you yeah. get like a debit card and that's the card they're talking about. She did So it could also have also have been maybe that card doesn't work in other states. Like I don't imagine you can take an Ohio food stamp card or EBT card, they call them now, I think. You probably can't take that to Texas and use that. Yeah, it's electronic benefits transaction? Probably. Um, but don't you have to prove that you still deserve the card? Well, she didn't use it after November 3rd. Oh, that's right. So that, to me, could go either way. It could be that she was out of the area and couldn't use it. She stopped using it intentionally so people couldn't track her, or she was just murdered. And yeah, I think she was murdered. Yeah. That seems probably. to be the, the most plausible. I don't think you would give up all of that. And again, I think when you start getting um, used to getting things discounted or free, you're not necessarily willing to give that up. And what you said about, well, would she be smart enough to, not, to know to not use her debit card so she couldn't be tracked... I don't know that she would have assumed her family would have been able to track her that way because that takes some level of sophistication to be able to go, oh, well, she just used this card in fucking Oklahoma and there she is. Like, if she did just go missing, she might have just assumed her family wasn't going to look into it that much. But but I also think he, I mean, logistically and I mean, I from what I hear, being a prostitute doesn't come with like a great four hundred one k or like health insurance package. Like, you're almost no benefits. <laughs> they need a union. Very little benefits. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to say they're dumb. They're actually smart for charging money for something that I give away for free. Oh, for sure. I just, you know, why wouldn't she take out like a large sum of money if that was her intention? Yeah, you know, there's just I've yeah questions. A lot of questions, but. Yeah, the thing about Wanda Lemons also, she's one of the two of these six women who's still missing. They've never found a body. They Wanda Lemons just went missing. And her family, her friends maintain that she's part of the Chillicothe Six. The police still include her in it, but no one really knows what happened to her. But then there's Tiffany Sayre. Tiffany Sayre vanished on May 11th, 2015. She was last seen hanging out with a friend and a group of men at the Chillicothe Inn. Party! Uh, we used to have the Chili Tap in my Chillicothe. Oh, yeah? Which wasn't a hotel, but it was like a, a you know dive bar. I stayed, me and Chet Wild toured the Midwest of the United States this summer. Mm -hmm. And when we were in Dyersville, Iowa... We stayed at the Colonial Inn because it was the cheapest. And I thought, how bad could the cheapest motel in a very small town in Iowa be? sleep on top be? of the comforter? I did sleep on top of the comforter. <laughs> yeah. When we did the show later and I told people we were staying at the Colonial Inn, there was an audible groan from the audience. They all knew that this was like uh. the, the meth den of Dyersville, Iowa. I think it was called the Colonial Inn because it hadn't been renovated since we were ruled by the british wow like it was a m nightmare the locks the hotel 
door keys were actual keys. If that gives oh, you wow. I any idea. Kind of cute. Doesn't get bed and breakfast. It actually sounds very quaint. If that gives you any idea what kind of place it was, actual keys. Interesting. Actual keys that did not say do not duplicate. So I could have gone out, made a copy, waited for someone else to check in, brutally robbed, raped, or murdered them. Or all of the above. All of the above, and then just gotten the fuck out with my EBT card and headed to Texas with a trucker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm take your food stamps. Next time I'm in Dyersville, look out for that. Tiffany Sayer. She vanished May 11th, 2015. Last seen hanging out at the Chillicothe Inn. She left at one point and said she was running home to get a backpack and was never seen again. Her body was found less than two months later in a culvert. She was nude, wrapped in a piece of white cloth, and found near a roll of duct tape. Like the other women, she had numerous drugs in her system, including morphine, cocaine, amphetamines, and Dilaudid. Her body had been so drained of blood that an exact cause of death was difficult to determine, but definitely homicide. She had also decomposed to the point where authorities believed her body had been stored indoors after her death. And this, I remember from the documentary, her body, what's crazy about all of these cases, if you watch this documentary, they'll be searching for one woman and then find a different woman. And... In the case of Tiffany Sayer, they were looking for her, and they find the next woman we're going to talk about, who's Timberly Clater. But all along the way, one woman will go missing, and they'll start searching for her. And then either while the search is happening or shortly after they find the body, another woman goes missing, or they'll find a completely different body while they're searching for one woman. So it was a crazy fucking time to live in Chillicothe, Ohio. Because One year of terror. Yeah, like for a solid year, women were just disappearing. Like six women over the course of a year, that's one every two days or two months. Yeah. Like every eight weeks, a woman vanishes. Once every 60 days. <laughs> Is that the 60-day buzzer? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Good. And the friend. What the friend is weird in this one because there's a friend that they depict in the or they interview in the documentary Mm -hmm. who's like, Yeah, me and Tiffany were best friends, and I that walk she took home, I would watch her every night. And this was the one night I didn't watch her, and then she went missing. And meanwhile, Tiffany Sayers' family is like, We don't know who the fuck this woman is. She's not Facebook friends with Tiffany. Which is a big deal. It sounds silly to say, but it really does matter. Especially in a town that small. Yeah. Like, you're definitely Facebook friends, and you're probably fucking, and you're probably related. Yeah. All of those things. Mm -hmm. And this woman, this Jennifer woman, just was completely unknown to the family, but claimed to be Tiffany's best friend, and was the last one who saw her. She said Tiffany left this hotel or motel and was going to walk home, get a backpack and come back and that she just disappeared. And there's a really weird twist at one point in this story that they don't even talk about in the documentary. And I don't know. I think maybe the documentary was filmed before this happened, but there is an article. It's all sword and which sword and scale is a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. 
and they have an article called Bizarre New Twist in Chillicothe 6 Case. And This the, is from a year ago. Yeah, this is from a year ago, but the documentary about them ends with the trial of Jason McCrary, which we'll talk about at the end, which was 2016. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they got this far into it, but Tiffany Sayers' family is at this point unsure if the body that was found is actually their daughter. And the police have claimed several times that it is and that they've done the tests that confirm it. And the family has been like, okay, show us those lab results. We want to see that just to confirm that that really is our daughter you found. And the police won't give it to him. Don't they have to, though? Like, if you request... I would think you would have to. I don't want to say public record, but, yeah, I thought... At least for the involved family, you would think you would have to produce some sort of evidence that the body you found is actually... And then what would be your reasoning behind not? Yeah, I don't know. Like, trying to at least say you found the woman? Because that's actually a good question. It's not doing the police any favors to identify this woman as someone other than who she is. Right. But it could just be they fucked up and don't want to admit it, which is a thing. Right. It is a thing. We see with police. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a weird twist. Her family has become convinced that the body police found was actually not Tiffany Sayre. And she, Tiffany Sayre, if you watch the investigation discovery, documentary is actually the subject of the first episode because it was at the point Tiffany Sayre was found that's when police were like shit this is probably a serial killer yeah and it's weird that it took that long because she was the like I said the fifth person found and it seems like they would have pieced it together. It does before seem weird, that. but there also could be some denial that our small town has a serial killer. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And the last of the official Chillicothe Six is Timberly Clater. And her case is interesting. She disappeared on May 28th, 2015. She was seen at a local gas station that evening on surveillance getting into a white car before it drove away. And her body was found two days later outside an abandoned building. She was nude and had been shot three times. No attempt to hide her body. They just pulled up next to this building, which I say abandoned building, and your people listening are probably envisioning some huge warehouse with the orange lights and like, why would anyone go there? The Continental Inn. Yeah. (laughs) What's the Continental Inn? Wait, where did he stay? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Continental Inn. Colonial Inn. There it is. I fucked up a call back. Oh, this is like when Winner got the letter backwards on your birthday <laughs> card all over again. But they left her body. You hear abandoned building and you're probably thinking big warehouse or something. But it's like a former Dairy Queen. It's a uh, very small building. Was There's, it a brazier? It was a they called it a dairy bar. Okay. So it was like a small town Dairy Queen knockoff that had gone out of business, but it's like there's a road right there and there's a big open field. So they did nothing to hide her body. They just dumped so her. So it wasn't in a body of water as no. the other ones had yeah. been. With the with her the, the tie is prostitution and drugs, but there's no but her body was found walking distance from Tamika Lynch's body, which was in a body of water. Mm-hmm. 
So the the two bodies, and that is what made police finally go, all right, this might be someone just dumping bodies in this area. Right. And they're just getting lazier. I don't right. want to go all the way out to the water. Here's good. And what's crazy about this case, her case has been solved. The Timberly Clater case, someone went to trial for that. His name was Jason McCrary. And he was convicted of shooting her and dumping her body near an abandoned building on the outskirts of Chillicothe. Which would be also a different way that she died from the others, some of the others. Right. And a witness who testified for the prosecution said that she saw McCrary shoot Clater for finishing up the drugs that they were using together. And McCrary maintained in the trial that Ernest Dollar Bill Moore, the third... Mm -hmm. I wonder if the other two Ernest Moores were also called Dollar Bill. <laughs> Passed down to, to from make generation it, You can't put generation. Dollar Bill and the third if they weren't all Dollar Bills. I bet the first one was Dollar. <laughs> Probably. Right? Yeah. And McCrary maintained that Ernest Dollar Bill Moore was with him and Clater the day of her death and was the one to actually shoot her. But the jury rejected that story and there was no proof to corroborate it. And McCrary was sentenced to 28 years in prison. So her case, what's interesting to me is her case is solved, but police still include her among these six women that we don't really know what happened to, which implies to me that police think maybe Jason McCrary was more involved in this than people know. They actually say in the investigation discovery series that with him, being in jail, they think more people might be comfortable coming forward. Right. But that hasn't happened. Right. This trial was 2016. But sometimes still, when there's somebody in prison, if you're scared, you still think like, oh, does he have outside connections, which he probably right. does. So not enough time. Ha- it's only been three or four years. It still might not be enough time has passed. Especially if he is actually tied to some really insidious human trafficking ring. Mm -hmm. But his, like, her case sounds the most like a a drug murder I would expect to happen. Mm -hmm. Where people are just hanging out and everyone gets too high and someone kills someone over using all the drugs. Happens all the time. How many times have we killed people for using the last of the drugs? Not enough, I think. I I agree. I agree. should have done it more. Even then, it's hard to count. All the times we've done it. Yeah, I lost count. So what's crazy about her is her body was found while the community was actively searching for Tiffany Sayre. Mm -hmm. And they just, everyone assumed, okay, well, we found a female body next to this abandoned building. It's probably Tiffany Sayre. Nope. Completely different woman. How nuts is that? In a town of, again, 21,000 people. Right. Just women are just going missing fucking week after week. What was their like murder count before this? I have to imagine it was pretty low, and it's yeah. probably pretty low since then. I would agree. And so, like I said, her murder is considered solved because of Jason McCrary, but they haven't been able to tie Jason McCrary to any of the other killings as of yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's Neil Falls which this is a really fun story. They go over this in the Investigation Discovery documentary, too. They actually show 
the surveillance tapes of the woman Neil Falls attacked. They show the uh, interrogation video because she killed Neil Falls. But it was very such a crazy story. Yeah. What happened? An Oregon man named Neil Falls. He was killed after trying to murder a woman in her West Virginia home. He basically knocks on the door and says, live or die. Can you imagine answering the door and you're probably like in a bathrobe or something. And then somebody says, may I help you? Uh, Yeah. Do you want to live or die? Live or die. Yeah. And he pulls a gun and she had apparently talked to him online and like set up a date. She was a prostitute. And he shows up. He says, live or die. And then gets in the house and is like, I'm going to prison for a long time. You decide if it's for rape or murder, which is a I have to imagine a horrifying fucking thing to say or to hear someone say when they're in your home. And. He immediately starts choking her. And I love this part of the story because this is the same trick I pull on my dog. When my dog has a toy in her mouth that I want out of her mouth, I just pick up a different toy. And then she drops the one I need her to drop. And then I go pick it up. Dave Niels and Winter have the same IQ. Yeah, yeah. This guy, what happened, this woman who for some reason asked to be unnamed... Uh, he's choking her and she's within reach of a rake and she grabs a rake to try and hit this guy with. And when she grabs the rake, he puts his gun down. So he has a free hand to grab the rake with. And when he puts his gun down, she just grabs the gun and points behind her head and fires and ends up shooting this guy in the fucking face and killing him, which bravo. That's that is pretty badass. Great. I still picture her being in a robe, but and the her interrogation video, the police. It's the one time where police are being really cool in an interrogation video because they just keep reiterating like you're not in trouble, like you obviously defended yourself. But when this guy, when she killed this guy, they found a list in his pocket with six other women's names on it. And the good news is that they found all those women and they were all alive. The bad news is that probably means they were future targets. Uh, Potential bad news because it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. But they've since linked this guy to like nine or ten other murders. And they're looking at him in connection to the Chillicothe Six because of those women on the list. Some of them lived in Charleston, West Virginia, where this incident happened. And some of them lived in Chillicothe, Ohio. What was his motive? Did they talk about that? I think he was just a sexual predator. They Mm -hmm. showed in the documentary, they showed the back of his car and it had like a full on, like a adult size kill kit. Like you used to give out kill kits on white wine, true crime, but this had, why wouldn't we, this had axes and knives and it wouldn't have killed you to put a knife or an ax in your kill kit, but Actually, I understand. Actually, you don't know that we didn't. Well, there was a hacksaw. They evolved over time. Oh, nice. <laughs> Were there guns in them by the end? It's just all guns. Just all guns. <laughs> just a basket of bullets with guns planted in And Buffalo in Wild it. Wing gift cards. Those are our, our evolved kill kits. I want that kill kit. Right. So there was some speculation that maybe Neil Falls was the guy who did all this. 
But they looked into it, and they haven't really found anything to connect him to these other women. So another dead end, but just a dead end with a really fascinating story yeah, attached he, to he, it. His story is very interesting, and it's creepy AF. Did you talk about the sixth woman? Oh, the well, you mean the seventh woman, oh, or the seventh. which is Rebecca Cade. She isn't included on the usual list of Ohio's vanishing women, but she does share several things in common with them, mainly prostitution and drug use. Which means she likes to party. Hey! Her body was found on October 14th, 2015, hanging from a fence she had tried to escape over. She was beaten in the head with a rock that was found nearby. Unlike the other women, a suspect in her murder case was arrested the next day. Donnie Kokenauer Jr. He was accused of the crime and went on trial in April 2017, eventually found not guilty. So her killer could still be out there and she could be connected to these other women. Yeah. But then there's there's another theory. And this is on there's a whole Reddit thread about this. And I think it's this idea and killers both. I think it's a combination of the two. But. There's a theory that this is just what the opioid epidemic looks like, and it maybe just got especially bad for a year in Chillicothe, Ohio. But when people are living that kind of life and are in that kind of situation, you end up in high-risk situations with unsavory people who might murder you. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that this many women went missing in one year in Chillicothe, Ohio. But with the way the opioid epidemic has hit that town, it could also just be six unrelated cases of women who died in some way in relation to their opioid addictions. And I think that's totally plausible as well. I don't have a really strong feeling about yeah. any of the different avenues that they're exploring because there's not like a ton of evidence. Yeah, there's not a ton of evidence. My gut tells me it's probably a combination of both of those things. Like maybe a few of these women, like the Shasta girl, I feel like probably committed suicide. Possibly. But I don't doubt that at least Tiffany Sayre and Charlotte Trigo and Tamika. prostitute. Yeah, Tamika Lynch, like they all knew each other. They went missing around the same time. I don't doubt for a second that they might have all the same person either fallen into like had an encounter, all had an encounter with the same serial killer or just found something out that was happening in this town and just maybe knew too much and were murdered over that. Because the the other thing you're not seeing with any of these cases, I don't recall a single one who was sexually assaulted. Yeah, that's true. But Which, they were naked, though. They were naked. But if it's just John's killing prostitutes, wouldn't at least one of them like jerked off on him or something? Like you'd yeah. think there would be some. I mean, yeah you'd, yeah, you'd think there would be some sexual aspect to it. The prostitute who knew too much. I'd read that book. Oh, hell yeah. So I don't, it feels like a weird, if it's a serial killer, it's a very unique serial killer. But I don't discount that it could be an organization 
or a group or like a sex trafficking ring mm-hmm. or a drug dealing organization that somehow all of these women who all knew each other somehow fell afoul of that group and that group be it one person from that group or several people from that group actively went out and eliminated these women so they couldn't be a threat in the future. That's why we are pro-union for exactly. prostitution. Yeah. We need to get that prostitution union. Mm-hmm. Sex workers union, which probably already exists. Probably. If I'm being honest. I'm almost positive it does. But probably not nationwide. Probably just here in California because we're all cool and chill and liberal. Mm-hmm. But you need to get it out here into the chili coffee Ohio's of the world and make the and world West a safer Virginia. place. And Charleston, West Virginia. But... It seems like the prostitutes down there know how to handle themselves. Yeah. I'm just saying. A little gun training for your prostitutes, Chillicothe, Ohio. Which you would learn in the union that I think we should create. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should get it started. We don't have enough on our plate. Let's add prostitution unions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds like a good idea. And I say every good prostitution union needs a mascot. So we'll use Winter. Winter would be a great mascot for a prostitution union. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of anything that would work better. Maybe winter with like a giant condom over her body. <laughs> I think that's great. Like yeah. one that she can stick her arms out of and walk on. She walks on her hind legs and has her, her front legs sticking out of the condom. Get up. A body condom. And we I have like her it. like spin signs on the corner of the road that say, don't die. What? Is it with an arrow to chill a coffee? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> what if she licks the prostitutes and her tongue falls out from hepatitis C? I mean, that would, you know, That's don't what... eat stuff off the floor, puppy. Yeah, I tell you on, that puppy. all the time. All the time. We're out for walks. What are you eating? Yeah. Let me get that out of your mouth. And then she just, and I finally let her eat it and hope for the best. That's what we got to do with dogs. They're not the smartest. They're not. They're not. They're kind of stupid. But we love you, Winter. Is she even still up here? No, I think she went back down. Oh, what a bitch. Her and Aphrodite, who did not text me back. We're going to get this debate with Aphrodite off the ground soon. Yeah, she hasn't written back, but it was delivered. So I know it's still a viable (laughs) number, and she has not blocked me. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so that's the Chillicothe 6. If you want more details, I would definitely recommend going out and uh, watching that Investigation Discovery series and patreon.com slash unpops. Sign up for that. Carrie, do you have anything to plug? Oh, wait, we also have end of August live. Hollywood Hotel, that's what I was going to plug. Live Pretty Scary with the shockingly silent Caitlin Cut. Yeah, she's going to do a prostitution union leader she, voice. Right. That's, I think, what she's actually spending her time working She'll on She'll be right circulating now. a petition for the prostitutes union. Yeah, so please be sure show. to sign up for that. And hopefully we can get her on that episode to fucking say something for a change. Get your shit together. Right? Like, it's embarrassing. You're on a podcast. It's, a, it's, it's a a verbal. It's humiliating week after it's week. audio. We're doing all the work. I, I don't understand it. Like, I think she knows what she signed up for. Yeah. It's really fucking rude. You have one kid, and then all of a sudden this. Who, by the way, kind of has this indifferent swagger where 
So I, I went over for her birthday the other day, and I'm holding her kid who literally wanted nothing to do with me. But he used to cry all the time, so I wouldn't touch him. Sure. Right. And she was, and I was like, oh, remember when your kid used to cry all the time? And she was like, yeah, he had colic. I was like, yeah, it was awful, right? Like, it was yeah. so bad. Where does he get off having colic? He seems pretty chill now. Definitely not into me whatsoever. And then she's got her her two dogs. She has Rufus, which was a uh, like a clearinghouse dog, a clearance dog. Oh yeah, she bought it on clearance at the mall. I right. remember that. Right. She's story. had him. I want to say for like eight years. And then she has Ripley, who I'm Team Ripley. But I was like, oh, like I want to go hold Ripley. She's like, okay, they're in my room. But just so you know, Rufus, like, is just not. He's just not looking great. You know, he's like twelve now, and Rufus, that dog. And I can I can say this, but he is disgusting. One time he farted, and she had to light a candle. Like it was <laughs> disgusting. And he looked like I went in. I was sitting in the corner with Ripley, and Ripley just seemed so excited, like see me. And she kept like licking me, which usually she's not overly affectionate. She just kind of chills. But Rufus was like walking around, kind of like a stormtrooper, and he had like a white because it's kind of like a white fluffy dog, and a white ringlet was like drooping down like a jerry curl like into his eye and i was like all right i'm out of here like every man for themselves that sounds pretty great and i got out of there and i was like that was like a dog hospice and it was awful and i woke up back in so come check out the live podcast on (laughs) (laughs) i think that was a great segue at the hollywood hotel it's free there will be comedy and a lot might be down to one dog by then yeah we'll see and maybe that'll make her more talkative. Talk about something. Yeah. Just I don't anything. care what it is. Throw Talk us about a your feelings. Bone. We're fine. Jeez. We can handle it. All right. This was a good episode. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.